0: You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. Hi again, and welcome back to Inside Healthcare's limited series, A View from the Summit. I'm your host, NCQA Senior Multimedia Specialist Dave Smolar, waving to you from the Marriott Marquis Hotel in our nation's capital, home this week to our first Health Innovation Summit. And even if you're not here this week, if you're one of the few or one of the many, I should say, who didn't get to register before we sold out the live in-person four-day event, you should still go to ncqasummit.com. Find out more about the event, how it's structured, what we're covering, the speakers, as plans are already underway for next year's summit, November 2023, in another city and in a larger venue. Now, each night this week, I'm dropping mini-episodes featuring exclusive live interviews I conducted at the Summit with speakers, staff, and guests. Later this week, I hope to gather sound from some of the more than 40 vendors exhibiting here at the Summit. But for now, I have an amazing interview for you. Now, on this show, we continue our ongoing podcast discussions regarding Hospital at Home with two guests representing Kaiser Permanente. Nobody wants to be in the hospital at all, or no more than necessary, and in a time when open beds are scarce and medical staff numbers tragically diminished, the concept of care at home becomes a necessity. In this interview, I discussed solutions to inception of Kaiser Permanente's Advanced Care at Home program, which first launched in the Pacific Northwest and California regions in early 2020 and clearly, they happen to be just in time. Delivering hospital-level care into patients' homes, especially in times of pandemic, has demonstrated that it can reduce the risk of infection and allow more patients to receive personalized care. For more on this, we turn to Dr. Mary Giswold and Dr. Stephen Perotti. Mary Giswold, M.D., is Chief Operating Officer at Northwest Permanente, She leads operations for this physician-led, self-governed, multi-specialty group practice, providing care to the more than 620,000 members of Kaiser Permanente in Oregon and southwestern Washington State. Dr. Giswold is an expert in the concept of hospital at home. She often discusses how remote care improves access while meeting the needs of patients by fostering safe, equitable, and person-centered care in the comfort of their own homes. And here's a quote from Dr. Giswold. This is from back in March of 2022. Being in the home virtually and physically allows a real in-depth understanding of the social needs of our patients. Stephen Perotti, M.D., is Executive Vice President of External Affairs, Communications, and Brand at the Permanente Federation. He also serves as an Associate Executive Director for the Permanente Medical Group with responsibility for, among other things, hospital operations, inpatient quality, patient safety, care of complex and special needs populations, and home health. Dr. Parodi practices as an infectious disease physician, providing inpatient and outpatient consultation, HIV care, and travel medicine services. He has a special interest in the treatment and prevention of infections due to multi-drug resistant organisms and hospital epidemiology. Both doctors discussed all of these ideas in their Health Innovation Summit presentation, which was titled, Where is Care? Advanced care at home programs improve outcomes, expand access to care, and secure high patient ratings. And as Dr. Parodi explains, remote care and monitoring gives more than just a peek into a patient's condition. It gives a window into their life at home.
1: If somebody's going into heart failure repeatedly, until I actually see what they're eating and what's coming out of their refrigerator, or actually the food insecurity that they're experiencing because they can only afford fast food, I'm not gonna get at the root causes. So what, one of the beauties of this program is that we can actually get to some of those root causes, meet the patients where they are, um, and actually understand what's driving the
0: actual medical necessity of these patients. So the, the advantage of care at home, there's a comfort level that we've talked about on the show to hospital at home that people feel more comfortable in their own surroundings, but then at the same time you also have to find ways of sometimes second-guessing them if they say, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay with this. How's your diet? Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. That's not enough of an answer. You have to find a way to qualify them. Uh, oh, let me ask you, who would qualify, just to say that, to participate in your specific program? What, what is the program like? How do they get in and, and who qualifies for this advanced care at home?
2: So, you know, when we started, we started with some very specific diagnoses, cellulitis, heart failure, COPD, pneumonia. And then ultimately, as we learned more about COVID-19 and were comfortable and had our operation really running well, then COVID-19. And like Northern Cal, it makes up a huge segment of the people we've admitted to the program. And then, but beyond that, A, patients have to want to participate. It's a, they have to opt in. And then from a social standpoint, um, really the only barrier to the home environment is that they have running water and power. And wow. we can bring, we bring everything else to them. And and also we've been very conscious about not shifting the um, care of the hospital care onto the family and onto the patient. It's really, we bring everything they need to their home, whether it's medically tailored meals, rehab therapies, you know, physical therapy, um, and caregiver support. Because w- what we didn't want is to shift shift the burden of care.
1: And David, you, you actually referenced, you know, do you have to have somebody in the home, you know, with them, or do they have family support? Yeah. Um, the answer is not necessarily. So we've taken care of people that live alone. We've taken care of people that live in trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we do do a safety assessment to make sure that, you know, from a firearm standpoint, from a animal standpoint, uh, cleanliness standpoint, that it's going to be a safe space to take care of someone. Yeah. Um, and if we can remove those barriers, we try to. Um, so, uh, but the other thing I'll just mention that Dr. Giswold's emphasizing here is patient agency and decision making around this um, and, and reaching them where they're at so making sure that they're okay with being enrolled in the program yeah. uh, making sure that the team, the physicians, the nurses are also confident uh, both in a central command center which we can talk about a little bit later and
0: also with the people that are on the ground that are going to be in that home I want to hear about it now I want to hear about the central command center <laughs> What? Uh, how, how do you, once you qualify somebody for the program how do you Keep up with them, and how often do you check in? Or actually, it's more than that, because if you're bringing up, it, it, especially the program and you test it and everything, then actually getting people to come and to take advantage of it is is one of the difficulties. Um, so, talk to me about the program in terms of the doctor-patient relationship, um, and and again, we're talking about uh, care at home, hospital at home, any of these aspects. Just the, even the personal kind of relationship. What what are the advantages, let's say, of, of hospital at home and maybe what are some of the challenges if, if you want to bring that in?
2: You know, our our physicians are rounding and connecting with the patient via video multiple times a day. Um, whereas in the brick and mortar hospital they might be standing next to them at the bedside. And you know, we know our that the patient satisfaction with the people that are in the program is very high with how they feel like they're communicating with the doctor and how they're connecting to the doctor. Um, We have, you know, in uh, the Northwest recently started doing what we call pre-enrollment, so that people, and what that means is we identify our patients who are um, requiring multiple admissions, have multiple comorbidities, and we want to make sure that they know about this program, that they're talking about it with their own PCP, before they need to be admitted, so that if it comes to pass that they're gonna be admitted, they've already heard about the program, they've had a chance to be educated and ask questions, um, so that we're not springing it on them when they're in crisis in the emergency department. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, uh, you were talking about uh, or referencing a little bit about the continuity here. So you know, right now, you you get admitted to a brick and mortar hospital, you get discharged, then you get some instructions, and then hopefully you call your primary care physician or hopefully there's an appointment. Um, This program allows for that continuity to be more seamless. A person never left their home to begin with. Um, So that hospital medicine physician is then connected to that primary care physician. In fact, we're bringing in the primary care physician towards the end of the hospital stay. Um, So so there's that immediate connection that's made. Um, The the other thing that I think is important here um, is that you just don't know until you actually see it. And what I mean by that, let me just give you another example, medication reconciliation. Um, We're supposed to actually talk to our patients and understand what are they taking in the home and reconciling that with what we're discharging them on in a brick and mortar. You really, really don't know what they're taking until you see what's on their kitchen table. Because um, what you might find is their medicines, someone else's medicines, um, expired medicines, um, or the medicines you thought they picked up, they never picked up. You find all of that because you're actually visualizing it. Um, there's a level of connection and trust that uh, occurs when that happens and it's done in a, you know, again, a person-centered way. Um, where then a patient understands this is why you're taking it, um, this is why you shouldn't take this other one. Um, you you can't get to that level of detail without actually being in their home. The the one other thing I'll just mention that is a socio social dynamic here um, is that you know in a way they're inviting us in uh, mm-hmm. to be in their home as opposed to you know a patient being on someone else's turf, if you will, um, when you go into a brick and mortar hospital. Um, and, and I think that gives a level of ownership um, and also gives the provider team a level of humility that you just don't have
0: in a traditional hospital setting.
2: Yeah, I think we're, we're learning about our patients in very different ways.
0: 20 years from now, what do you think things are going to be like as far as the use and the implementation of advanced care at home and hospital at home, any of these aspects that you want to talk about, what are your hopes, let's say, uh, of the outcomes for 20 years from now? What, what, what would it be like? You know, I had a mentor about five,
1: six years ago tell me someday hospitals are basically going to be ICUs and places to provide advanced surgical care. And that's it. And that's it. And I didn't believe her at all. Um, If you ask me 20 years from now, knowing what we know now, um, I don't know if I'd go that far extreme, um, but I think a lot of care that we're providing in brick and mortar hospitals in the future are gonna be in homes. Uh, I think that's where people want the care. Um, I think that if you look at the, just from the logistics of the number of beds that we have in the United States and just what we've been through with this public health emergency, it's clear we don't have enough capacity to to take care of the patients for what they need. Um, And so I I think we're going to see a lot of regular medical surgical beds in homes and not in brick and mortar hospitals. You're going to see more advanced remote patient monitoring capability. Um, I think you're going to have new measures. We're at NCQA after all. Um, So I think we're going to have new measures of what quality looks like, what timely care looks like. Um, There are things that we can measure actually with this hospital at home program, like a call button and response to a call button. I have that for this program. I don't have it for brick and mortar hospital. Um I think we're going to have any number of new measures that we're going to hold ourselves accountable to um, that I think we'll actually get at what we're really trying to achieve as clinicians, which is which is truly person-centered care.
2: I agree with everything Steve said. I mean we're who thought you know even even four years ago that ninety percent of patients undergoing a total joint replacement would go home the same day and here we are um, in our system doing that. so I think you know I think it's going to be a if if it goes how I think we we believe it can, it would be about, um, you know, this, so about true connectivity across the health system, true integration, and also, you know, more expansion of community health workers, like you, like you mentioned, um, helping us identify social needs sooner, creating that trusting relationship where patients are willing to talk about that with us, and then we can connect to the community organizations to help you know, help with their food insecurity, their transportation issues, so that they are having better access to the care they need, and so I think this is one window that helps us get there.
0: Dr. Mary Giswold and Dr. Stephen Perotti joining us to talk about Kaiser Permanente's efforts towards improving and expanding advanced care at home. More to come this week with more peaks for you from the Health Innovation Summit. On behalf of NCQA's award-winning communications team, I'm Dave Smolar, and we'll see you again, no doubt. You've been listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast brought to you by NCQA, the National Committee for Quality Assurance. Inside Healthcare is available on your computer or mobile device through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and on our blog at blog.ncqa.org